Hi. Thanks for coming. Hey girl. Thanks for coming. Oh, hey everyone. Thanks for coming. This is Seth. Hey, it's Jamal. And it's Miyamo Stony. <laughs> oh wow. So spicy this week. <laughs> it's Miyamo Stony. Wait, is it Miyamo Estony or something? I don't wow. know. Wow. I'm just going to not comment. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, well, welcome back, everyone. I hope you enjoyed our talk about gay bars last week. Speaking of gay bars, are you guys having any drinks tonight to podcast with? Yes, I'm sipping on a vodka and orange bubbly. Ooh, that Same. sounds good. I'm drinking a beer. <laughs> Ooh, now that beer, what did you say? It's an Imperial IPA? It's, yes, it's an Imperial IPA. Oh, let me talk into the mic. <laughs> it's an Imperial IPA. Uh, it's by Pyramid, which is a Seattle brewery, and it is called the Outburst IPA. That sounds yummy. You know, IPAs are my favorite. It's nothing, yeah. though, like the Amber Has Two Moms that our friend Nick gave us. Yeah, our friend <laughs> Nick and heterosexual consultant for our, our podcast. Let's give yes. him his proper title, you know? heterosexual consultant yeah we'll like like, ask him about like axe body spray and other things (laughs) that everyone else hates yeah it's like it's like queer eye for the straight guy but it's like straight eye for the queer guys or something and there's only one of them (laughs) yeah and he's just like here like get in the shower and just like spray this shit on you This is Axe uh, shower gel. After you get out of the shower, make sure you put on your Axe body spray. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Don't forget the add-ons. And then don't forget to take out the trash, you fucking idiot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Mow the lawn. I don't know. (laughs) Anyways. So how's your week been going this week, you guys? It's been... An all right week. Nothing bad. It's just kind of one of those weeks where it's dragging, but you're so busy and everything's moving so fast, but it just won't end. So, oh, thank God. Tomorrow's Friday. Yes. Mine's going okay, I guess. Like, I just have a lot to do at work right now because this lady retired. And (laughs) what now? Like, I know. How dare she quit work? She I was know. like 64 years old and I'm like 32 and I'm just like, I have to like double my age to get to your level. <laughs> How excited are you? It's so depressing. <laughs> I can't wait to like work 32 more years. Not if you get enough of these <laughs> iTunes reviews and we can just like be professional podcasters. I know. I know. I have been having an okay week. I've been doing overtime. So I've just been like working extra hard, you know, like the diligent person that I am. Like a nice. I hear the coins. Yeah. Ching, 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 ching. I wish I heard the coins. (laughs) 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 Give me all the coins. Yeah. I need to hear like the money sacks dropping. I know that's right. Anyways, so yeah, this week has been going. I'm um, looking forward to this weekend because I'm going to see the Foo Fighters. Woo! Foo Fighters Part Two. Yeah, we all, actually all three of us went to the Foo Fighters. I think it was two, or maybe it's three years ago now. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah. Ronald was a baby. We went with our um, friend Ran and her husband McKay from college. Mm-hmm. That was such a fun show. <laughs> it was definitely interesting. <laughs> Nick was with us there as well, and Steph, his wife. 
Oh, yeah, I remember now. Sorry. My mind was a little cloudy that day. We were just all a little warped, and we'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Without being too specific. <laughs> but, yeah, so that was a really awesome concert. So I'm really looking forward to it this time also. And he won't be in his throne this time. No, he'll be more mobile this time. <laughs> That's right. And it's kind of cool because um, so the, one of the opening bands is called Giants in the Trees. And that's uh, one of the members of that is Dave Grohl's former bandmate, Chris Novoselic from Nirvana. So it's okay. like a, it's like a Nirvana reunion. And I'm kind of like hopeful that maybe Chris will come out and play a song with Dave or maybe vice versa. Oh, mm. That would be pretty awesome. That's cool. It doesn't necessarily have to be a Nirvana song, but it would just be really cool to see them all playing together again. Yeah, for sure. So I'm super pumped. I will for sure keep you guys updated. (laughs) Yeah, we'll have to hear all about that. (laughs) Definitely. And um, speaking of iTunes reviews, we haven't done this in a while because we haven't gotten any (laughs) new reviews in a hot second. (laughs) But Shout out to all of you. (laughs) Yeah, I will know. Not shade. I just feel like we can fix it. You know, I feel like if we all band together, we can just blow up that review section. And so we have like reviews to talk about in the future teamwork makes the dream work so with that being said um shout out to ryan and skylar a couple of our faves um some of my best friends uh we're all in marching band together seth and i with skylar yeah Uh, stoney didn't really run with us but it's really cool because they're like smart people and they have like (laughs) fancy jobs but they're still like really awesome so it's just great to hear from them sorry you missed stoney's eye roll (laughs) you you couldn't see that because it's a podcast (laughs) well sorry i I know skylar's listening so i'm trying to like i'm trying to soften him up a little bit yeah. So um, Ryan writes, episode 46, which was our childhood guilty pleasures episode, was my first listen. So funny. Remember Mall Madness? Love the format. Oh, yes. thanks, Ryan. Five Thank you, stars. Skylar also yes. left us a five star review. So yes. remember to tell your friends about us, everyone. You can get a shout out. Yeah. If anyone's keeping score, our rating on iTunes has gone from four stars to four and a half. All right. Yeah. Let's keep it going. I'm playing with the idea of having like a review or ratings a thon. And yes, it's to get ratings, but maybe I'll do something ridiculous on Facebook Live. Yeah, I think Jamal should do the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. You know, tour's over for me, so I'd be willing to get my weave wet. Can we instead do, like, the boiling water challenge? Oh, listen. Oh, hell no. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) How dare you, (laughs) Stoney? If you come anywhere near me with a boiling pot of water, that will be the last thing you do. It's totally okay. All the Gen Zers are doing it. We'll just pour some boiling water on you. It's totally fine. Wait, Uh, unless it's like some uh, twisted wellness (laughs) fad now, like will the boiling water clear all of my pores, but my face will still stay on? It'll definitely clear your pores because you will no longer have pores. Okay, see if they're going to melt (laughs) off of my skeleton, I can't do it. Oh, God. I just, like, <laughs> keep imagining Large Marge from Pee Wee. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, I guess oh, that's no. also a good segue. Listen to this cool music. Honest <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oh, it's so snazzy. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, so good at transitions. <laughs> 
professional segue. I wish like I was as good at transitions as what you were. <laughs> Insert segue here. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Oh gosh. Oh yeah. I remember what I was gonna say now. <laughs> Sorry, I had a brain you fart. Screwed this up. <laughs> no, I'm doing fine. My mom says that I'm doing the best that I can. <laughs> such a good mom <laughs> i know but anyways so as we were talking about peewee's big adventure and large marge this week our topic for our honest tea spill of the week is our favorite movies yes queen get into it what are we watching this week yeah, Schindler's Stony. List every day. Why are you watching <laughs> Schindler's List this week? Because nothing else is on TV. I don't know. I just thought I my I thought of the most depressing movie of all time, and I just blurted it out. You did so. it. It's like we're in a, a live round of Cards Against Humanity. I know. I don't understand why we're being mean to Schindler's List. That actually is a really good movie. <laughs> no, I mean it is. Do you want to like be depressed and watch this movie? I tend to like movies that make me pretty depressed, so <laughs> <laughs> I just have to find movies that are sadder than my actual life, so it's kind of a challenge. <laughs> Makes you feel better, right? Oh no. Yeah, when like... you achieve your goal. <laughs> yeah. I think Stoney doesn't have as many specific movies, but he has some uh like types of movies that he likes. So can you tell us like what do you usually look for in a movie that you wanna see? Yeah, so I guess just to set this up, like, I am not a big movie fan in general. I don't, like, I like movies, okay, but I prefer to watch TV shows, and I'm kind of, like... Documentaries about the Zodiac. Yeah, I'm very, like, I love, and this relates to even books as well, like, I like nonfiction. So I love documentaries, I love true stories, things like that, and then, like reality TV shows I like as well. So maybe that fits into the nonfiction. But movie-wise, which I don't even know if this makes sense, but movie-wise, I tend to like sci-fi stuff better. So I'm really into like the Star Wars franchise and... Um, I really like X-Men and just anything like sci-fi I'm yeah. really into. You like Star Trek, right? Also? Um... Not really, actually. Oh, I thought you did for some reason. I don't know why. Well, I one like of those the, star series. Yeah, I like the newer movies, I guess. And a lot of like Star Trek fans will say, oh, the newer movies aren't very good, which is probably why I like them. The bougie fans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. For me, it's just X-Men. Like We've already talked about this somewhat, but I've always enjoyed X-Men because it has that gay connection where it's like, you know, I can relate to the x-men and the fact that they are treated like differently and it's just like kind of that whole lgbt thing about the x-men that i relate to um oh yeah so for me that's always been my favorite i've like seen all the x-men movies and then star wars for me has just always been fun because i like the sci-fi aspect but i love the fact that like they are these like inherent like underdogs, right? Like going against like yeah. the big empire and things Good like versus that. Evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your favorite Star Wars movie out of like any of them that have been released? Okay, this is gonna be very controversial because uh oh, like if you go online, Star Wars fans like shit all over the new ones, but 
I would say it's a tie for me between Empire Strikes Back and The Force Awakens. Mm. Oh, because they're the same movie? No. Force Awakens, everyone compares to A New Hope, which is the first one. (laughs) But to me, like, the reason... Here, I'll tell you why, like, in 30 seconds. So Empire Strikes Back is awesome because it basically has, like, the biggest cliffhanger ever with Harrison Ford being frozen... And everyone's like, oh my God, like, what's happening? And then The Force Awakens, to me, is great because it's a better version of A New Hope, which is really good. Mm -hmm. So it's basically like the underdog story, like, oh, I don't know what the Force is. And then at the end, she's just like slashing bitches. Oh, yeah. She came. She came to slay. And also, it had been a long time since we saw a good Star Wars movie when it came out. So maybe there's some nostalgia there that I revisited. Yeah, it definitely, I feel like the new series definitely plays on nostalgia quite a bit, which is fine, Mm -hmm. I think. You know, I think one of my favorite, my favorite from the original trilogy is probably Return of the Jedi. I just really enjoyed that one the most because... It was just like a cool story of like the damsel in distress sort of. And at that time, I think I really, I really do remember when I saw Return of the Jedi, I was like, oh my gosh, she is so hot. <laughs> and like in her like bikini <laughs> dress thing. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So I was just like, oh man, she is like so hot. And like, as I don't remember how old I was, probably like, I don't know, 13 to 15 or something. I was like, she is so hot. I'm like super into that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I've always enjoyed the return of the Jedi as well. Like people will like shit on it for various reasons, but it's like one of those movies that just like, I think it, it brought everything together and like, it's hard for me to like rate, the star Wars movies because like different parts of my life, I've enjoyed different aspects of them. So I can't say like, I hate any specific star Wars movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just want to, I wonder how many people listening were like surprised that I thought princess Leia was hot. Cause they probably thought like Jabba the Hutt was more my type or something. Oh (laughs) no, those are not your friends. Do you hear me? I mean, Um, he's kind of cute, I guess in his own way. I mean, (laughs) I'm into it, I guess. I, don't ah! know. <laughs> I mean, he really is like the daddy of that pair. Because, oh you know, God. he's got I mean, her chained up. Yeah. There's definitely a lot <laughs> to hold on to. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I just like love the vomit. Like, it's just so he nice. would just swallow you whole. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. So. <laughs> <laughs> How much do you love Star Wars now, Stoney? <laughs> oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> oh my gosh. What what about you, Jamal? What's a type of movie or like just a one of your favorites, your go-tos? I did make a short list. So, my first one is I kind of alluded to it on the Gay Cons episode, I believe. Um, Miss mm. Miranda Priestly, The Double Wears Prada. Yes, bitch. Great movie. Yes. Classic, classic. Again, for you new listeners, or if you've taken a few weeks off, I have watched this movie so much that I've actually had to replace the DVD. I own the soundtrack. And Miranda Priestley is just goals, minus, like, the angry white woman part. Yeah, like, are you even gay if you haven't watched The Devil Wears Prada? Like, I feel like that's one of the rites of passage, you know? 
For sure. It's grounds for losing like your glitter pass, like your gay cards in danger if you haven't seen this movie. Yeah. It's, it's definitely on my <laughs> list of favorites too. I I mean, I love that movie so much. That's the movie I usually go to when I'm like maybe in a funk or having a bad day mm-hmm. or something like that. And I just watch it and I'm just like, all right, I'm ready to slay, bitch. Yes, the cast is just great. Um, Stanley Tucci, he's one of my old man crushes. I just think there's something about him. I think he's so hot. So just watching this movie with all these fierce fashions, men and women, somebody who was kind of playing with fashion himself when the movie came out, trying to figure out who I was, it kind of encouraged me to play with my everyday persona. Like, who are you today? Show people, you know, don't be that asshole in the corporate office wearing your quarter ironed Sears shirt. Nothing against right. you who shop at Sears, but make it look good. You know, I go to Goodwill and you can't tell that shit's from Goodwill. Yeah. Have a have something interesting about your look, you know? Yeah. Uh, the Devil Wears Prada, of course, there's like a tons of like, you know, high-end designers, but it's also about like stepping out of that box, like play with your look. That is one of those movies that I feel like you can... Like, if I'm just flipping through the channels and, like, I'm cleaning the house or whatever, it's one of those movies you can just put on the TV and you don't even really need to, like, know what... You can put it in any spot of the movie and just clean your house and be mm-hmm. like, this is enjoyable. Yes. So... Yes. And, um, yeah, definitely. It's just, like, so many quotable lines, so many, <laughs> so you many. know, relatable moments. I love the play between um, Andy and Emily... Or is that is that the other girl's name, Emily? Yeah, Emily's like the HBIC assistant. Okay, I forget if she's Emily or if Emily was the girl before Andy got there. Uh, she's actually Emily. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Andy that, gets that, called Emily until she earns uh, her stripes. Yes, I, it's been a hot second. I need to watch that movie again. It's um, Andrea. Also, too like the ending of the movie where it's like she like runs into her again but like just in passing Uh uh-huh but like it makes you think like you know you could be like doing the most miserable job and be most around the most miserable people and you have that experience and you could like totally run into them again like yeah like it just it makes you like i don't know it brought brings back memories for me and my own like personal career. Like I'm like, damn, like am I going to run into these people again? Yeah. (laughs) I'll give them hell. (laughs) That's right. It's all about how you own it. Like Andy in that moment was like, she gave her like the homie nod from across the street as she was getting into her car. She's like, Hey, nice to see you. And Miranda was like, Mm. okay bitch and got into her car but then she gave us that little playful smirk at but the also, end. yeah the oh yeah cool thing she about loved that it too was that it was like mutual respect yes. in a way like yes we fucking hate each other but we also have like respect for each other mm-hmm. which i think is really cool like it's a message the world could use today I don't think they really hate each other. They just like aren't on the same same wavelength, and they but they right. still respect each other. I think you know. Yeah, they definitely still respect. Yeah. It's just like Miranda's like, okay, this girl's just she doesn't. This industry is not her. Right. And Andy had to say the same thing. This is not something I want to aspire to be. Right. But Andy still learned a lot though in her job. Right. She learned a lot about herself and the fashion industry. So that's right. I mean, they both kind of learned from each other. At the mm-hmm. end of it. And come on, a makeover montage, just, ugh, I can just watch those on YouTube all I day. I know, That's- <laughs> I know. 
I want Stanley Tucci to come give me like some Manolo Blahniks or whatever Jimmy Choo's, you know. Yeah, I'll take a fierce poncho and those like French style pumps. Whoever I buys him his like eyeglasses deserves a fucking award. Oh my gosh, he's the always eyewear. wearing the most like bold frames of all time, and you're just like, what? You know like, how I feel I didn't about know you glasses. Could pull that off, but you did. That's right. Oh, such <laughs> a statement. girl. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Seth? Did you get to form a list or what um, movies are you enjoying? I did. Well, I, I, I formed a mental list. Um, <laughs> I, get, I, had, I don't know if I've seen that movie, The Mentalist, though. Isn't that a movie? <laughs> that it was is. a show on CBS. Oh, it's a um, show? The Mentalist. Oh, my bad. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to start with the most obvious just to get it out of the way because like Avi, we got to talk about this. Love so, Simon? Um, no bitch. Rude. <laughs> just, just rude. That's a good movie too, though. I don't know that it's my favorite, but I really liked it a lot. Um, but no, my favorite is Call Me By Your Names. Sorry. We're talking about surprise! it again, everybody. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> Raise your hand if you're surprised. <laughs> no, that was... <laughs> I know you're lying. You knew. I was actually sitting on my hands because I knew. <laughs> never, never heard of it. <laughs> What's it about? <laughs> so no, that this... movie was really great. So what did you love most about it? Like, how did it sneak into like your top movies Can of all time? Can we just say, uh, refer to the podcast episode, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Uh, it deserves yeah. another moment. Yeah, I know. We definitely have a podcast all about Call Me By Your Name. Uh, if you want to hear me get choked up and almost, or maybe actually cry, I forget, um, <laughs> you can go listen to that podcast. It's like, pretty cool. I would recommend it. Like, two thumbs up it, for sure. Def. Yeah, I forget what the podcast episode was. It's the Queer Movie Review. It's yeah, easy to well, find. It's just called Call Me By Your Name. So if you just scroll through our, our podcast, you'll find it pretty easy. Yes. Yeah. yeah so that's my... F- episode 44, just Uh-oh. so you know. Uh-oh. That must mean we're getting to episode 50 soon. Hint, hint. Hint, hint. hint. We'll hint. talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us more. What makes this okay. your favorite film? So things that I liked about Call Me By Your Name is I liked the European setting. I liked that it was in the past. So you kind of got a sense of that culture in that sort of time capsule, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. So I really thought it was great. It's like a, in Italy, but it's not like in the typical place that you'd expect an Italian movie. Like maybe like the bigger cities like Milan or Rome or... Right. I mean, this isn't like an Olsen twins movie in Rome. <laughs> But exactly. <laughs> um, so Best movie ever. <laughs> I don't. This yeah. isn't the Lizzie McGuire movie as much as I stand for that movie back in the day. Everyone knows the best Olsen twins movie is It Takes Two. So I just Hell need you to. Yes. Kirstie <laughs> Alley, the, queen of the, the 90s. Scientologist Kirstie Alley or whatever. Ooh, I forgot that. Ooh. Part. Now coming to the stage, Miss Kirstie Alley. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so I like the um, I like the foreign setting. I like that it's in a, like in a smaller like Italian town that's not you know as specific the types of places we usually see when we see movies set there. I like the music a lot. The soundtrack is really awesome. I like I mean I like just like the story of it all is really awesome. You know it's just 
a sort of tragic love story, which I feel like is, you know, just a common theme throughout all gay, trans, lesbian, bisexuals. You know, it's all... Mm-hmm. That's the type of, uh, well, I mean, I guess it's probably true for straight people too. I just don't, I mean, they have enough going for them. So let's leave them out of this. <laughs> right. So. It's a totally romantic story. And so many people can relate because, you know, we've touched on it briefly on the episode, Call Me By Your Name. You should definitely go listen back for the details. But there's just so much that goes on as far as first love you're just you know you're discovering your sexuality fully like all this excitement and terror as you figure out this landscape that is this new relationship it's all a mystery well and i think it's like i don't know it's probably harder for a straight person to maybe understand i don't know i'm not a straight person so i can't i guess fully speak for that but we'll ask nick later the reason um call me by your name like resonated with me it was like all of those feelings you had when you were in like high school or whatever, you know, or you had your first like sexual experience with someone, it was like you had been pushing back all of these feelings for so long. And the movie really did a good job of like kind of exploring that in my opinion, where it was like, um, I don't know the names, but the young guy, like he was, um, you know, very, yeah, he was very hesitant about like, or very uneasy about how all of it worked out, you know? So like, I could totally relate to that. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's for gay people. I'd imagine it's very, it resonates very well. Which which is interesting too, because the author is straight, but I think that's cool. Like, cause I I did go and um, see him speak and he was like, you know, there's no difference in writing a straight story, a straight romance with a heterosexual romance because we all just love in the same way. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just I really like it. I know a lot of people get hung up, you know, on the age difference of these two. I, I'm not sure exactly why that was integral to the movie plot. But to me, I just see it as two different people. And, you know, the age difference is... I guess an issue for some people, but for me, Mm -hmm. I just see them as just like this person and this person. Like I'm not obsessing over that like detail of the story. Right. And it wasn't anything creepy. And what people have to remember is, you know, this is a 17 year old in his home country where it's legal to do plenty of other stuff before you hit age 17. So why can't he have a crush on a 24 or 25 year old? Right. And European culture is very different than our our cultures or multicultures here in America. You know, so coming looking through it through the lens that I guess we've probably been taught to see it through as an American or someone that has grown up in America. That's exactly what that is. Societal norms. And it's very American of you all to not think outside of the box. Right. Because as a culture, I think that we're all just obsessed with sex so much. And, you know, sex sells and ads. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's taught to not talk about sex at all. And then, of course, and then people wonder, then you see a movie like this and it's like, oh, he's 17 and he's um, and he's 24. That's illegal. And then they just like that's what because that's what they're taught. But in Europe, people are less you know, I guess you would say not. They're more open that way. Yeah. Yeah. They're more open and, and sex isn't like a taboo topic as much for them over there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sexuality is also yeah. a little more fluid. It's a different world, you know, just yeah. ask the right questions and be open. What kind of America do you want to portray? <laughs> right. 
And if you are one of our listeners in Europe and you want to chime in on this, feel free to tweet us or DM us or email us because I would love to know if there was like this type of reaction wherever you live as well. Yeah, that's a great point. Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. I think this is a good spot for me to get a refill on my beer. Um, So we will take just a quick break here and then we will be right back. I got to pee. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to our podcast so far. Thanks for coming. Right now, we're probably refilling our drinks or maybe even gluing down our lashes again. While you wait, here are some things that you should check out. Yeah, remember, everyone, you can email us, tfcpod at gmail.com and um, tfcpod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Oh, and one more thing. You're not my real dad, and you never will be. Anyways, back to the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Um, So this crazy thing happened during our break. I was actually on the ledge of this giant ship, and I threw my Hope Diamond into the sea, and then I was trying to find it, but it was gone. (laughs) Why are you so stupid? (laughs) I mean, did it sink that fast? Like, did you go after it? (laughs) Well, that's why our break was a little bit longer than usual this time, because I was just looking for my diamond necklace mm. it wasn't a pearl necklace though that sound seems like that's from a movie but i can't quite remember what movie i don't know either um so maybe if you do know you can tell us like on twitter i mean until then my heart will go on oh yeah my heart's dead <laughs> i don't get it <laughs> Uh, gosh, Tony's being so hateful. Let's move on. Um, why don't you tell us some more of your favorite movies? Well, as I said earlier, I hate all movies, so I don't really know why you're asking me that. He's just uh, so rude. <laughs> but um, I guess if I had to name a favorite, I don't know. Like, I don't really have any specific favorites. So let's just go to like movies that I like to just watch in general. Like if I'm cleaning the house, that like I'll counts. put this shit on. We'll call it a loose favorite. So, and everyone's going to be like, oh, I hate you for even mentioning this. But what is it? Mean Girls <gasps> is one of my, yes. one of those movies that I can just, Ugh. I can put on the TV. It doesn't matter what part of the movie it's on. Like, I can just put it on and do whatever, and I get enjoyment out of that movie. I want my pink shirt back. I bet you do, girl. (laughs) Also, you're being hella rude, so you can't sit with us. (laughs) Also, like, if you guys want alcohol, just let me know, because I will... (laughs) I'm a cool mom. Actually, I do have a question for you guys, since you're both keto. Is butter a carb? Butter's not a carb. Totes no. Whoa. And you don't <laughs> nice. you don't appreciate that comment um until you become keto and then you're like, butter isn't a carb. The blogs were wrong, <laughs> Regina. Don't listen to those blogs. <laughs> they lied. Now listen, Mean Girls is a classic, okay? Seth and I both got to enjoy the greatness and amazingness of a Mean Girls themed party when we were at college at oh, IU. Oh my god. Absolute <laughs> chaos. <laughs> There were like three drunk Gretchens, like the goths were surrounding the like cooler in the kitchen. (laughs) 
I remember we they the whole thing was to go like dress as one of the stereotypes from like the trailer when yes. they show like the different groups from high school. That lunch that lunchroom breakdown of the different tables. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What group did you go as, Stony? I'm trying to remember. Stony was not there. Um, or, not Stony. I forgot. He doesn't matter. <laughs> um, <laughs> hello. <laughs> I didn't know you then, but even if I did, you assholes probably wouldn't have invited me because I was. Just well, like, hell no, because you were too busy ditching me in college. Uh oh, the truth comes out. <laughs> another conversation for oh. another podcast. <laughs> he said swerve on that like one. <laughs> swerve. <laughs> what was what stereotype did you come as? To so the party? of course I didn't feel pressure to do this in any way. I was just kind of like showing my ass, but of course I was like the angry black hottie. <laughs> oh yeah, because we were supposed to be like people that act differently than us. Right. The well, life. the main rule, because this was a marching band party, you can be any group but the sexually active band geek. So that was absolutely oh, yeah. off limits. Any group but that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was too real. So my the one I went as was like one of the preppy people. Yes, because yours was a good look. That's not me. <laughs> I think I had two popped collars. You <laughs> my did have a fat. double pop going I've on. I've seen Hell this yes, picture before. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I put in. I actually some... have. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say I have like sort of like bat bad memories of the party a little bit because there was like this guy I was like pursuing at that time that I was worried about trying like are you coming to this party or like what's your deal I've been there girl I remember that (laughs) bisexuals I tell you (laughs) Um, (laughs) but um, but yeah so then like eventually he came and he was like kind of like I don't know he was always so like one moment it was like cool but then other moments he was like really standoffish and stuff like that oh that's never fun. so i i have memories from that party being like okay bye or like trying to get his like any attention and he was like not having it so there were like, a few girl. of us ready to drag him that night this is though let me go back to the movie this is actually the reason why i think this movie matters to us more than a lot of people is because this movie came out in 2004 I graduated high school in 2004. You were 2005, Jamal. Five, fubu, what were you, Seth? I graduated in 1997. Don't lie to me, girl. <laughs> That's the year my sister you was born. What, 2003? 2003, 2003, yeah. Okay, so... <laughs> nice recall. Um, This movie came out in 2004, and it was based on girls that were in high school at the time. Mm-hmm. So basically, these were girls that were in high school the same time we were in high school. So, like... Every archetype in this movie, I knew in high school in some oh, yeah. aspect. Totally. There's always the girl. Absolutely. Like, in, there was that group of girls that were better than everyone and, like, would shit all over you mm-hmm. and all this stuff. So, mm-hmm. like, to me, it was, like, this movie is everything to me. And it was same culture. Like, we can look back at it, and that is our high school memory. Oh, it is completely. Like, I lived in the band room, but I knew everybody. Like, all the nice cheerleaders, you know, those are my aces. I also knew the evil bitches. All the popular kids, the not-so-popular kids. I knew them all. 
Yeah, I was definitely not one of, ever one of the popular kids. Um, so uh, that was definitely not me. Uh, I guess, I mean, I was in the band room a lot. So I was sort of I, not even really friends with a lot of people there because, you know, even some of like some of the like straight asshole boys in there would like make fun of me. Mm-hmm. I don't. I just got made fun of by like everyone. So I guess, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> High school is awesome. <laughs> but it's definitely like... It will go down, I think, in my opinion, you know, if you look forward in 50 to 100 years, people look back at this movie. The people that lived at this time will be Mm -hmm. like, this was the movie that defined that generation. I mean, Tina Fey delivered like they teach this in school. Like, you know, this is a class, you know, this is how to be a decent human being, you know, don't act like these hoes, these crazy hoes on the screen. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah that's what the teachers really want to say that was a really good pick stony i have to commend you nice because i feel like that would have been a travesty to overlook that movie on this gay ass podcast on the movie episode i mean For and sure. that's the thing people trash it oh it's like whatever but like i love movies like that it's, it's a face. classic just give it its <laughs> roses it is what it is people yeah it's a classic. Anyways, what? It, let's move on, Jamal. What's another one of your favorite movies? Ooh, so I'm not going to go into too much detail because I would love to do an episode on this with my other fave, Ebeth. Oh, I know where this is going. Cruel <laughs> Intentions. Hell yes. Yes. Oh my with God. Ryan Felipe and my favorite human being of all time, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Sarah Michelle Gellar, Ryan Felipe, Joshua Jackson, Selma Blair. You know, there are tons of gems sprinkled in this movie. And I think I was just so attracted to it as a as a younger person. I think I just stumbled upon it one day. It was on TV, so it was completely edited. It was like TNT or some shit. So many skinny legends. Like, <laughs> I don't even know what to do right now. <laughs> I know. They were skinny legends because they had coke hidden in their like cross necklaces (laughs) absolutely (laughs) but um i just really like i don't know like for whatever reason i just really gravitated towards this movie i think um i definitely had a crush on both ryan and joshua in that movie but i also wanted to be sarah michelle geller's character yeah i wanted to be Catherine so bad i don't know why she was so evil (laughs) Catherine zeta jones (laughs) no yeah, if I wanted to give you a nice salsa moment, maybe. Um, I had... Isn't that what that girl's name is that's in the movie? The one... Oh, no, that's Selma Blair. Selma Blair. Oh, my God. I don't know. She like, played... seriously? <laughs> she... I can't remember these, like... She played Cecile. 90s, um, I don't know. I had Whatever. this DVD, actually. Really? I, like, had a DVD player. Uh-huh. Where is it now? Prove it. I it's, know you haven't told me we've had two copies this whole time. It's yeah. somewhere in my parents' garage. I don't know. Like they Uh-oh. packed everything I'm away. I'm exposing Stony. He doesn't really own the DVD. Let's guys. make him watch it. Okay, you assholes. Next time I'm at my parents, <laughs> I'm gonna find the DVD and take a picture and post it on the Instagram. Just for all you losers. Beware. The first time. Beware, <laughs> listeners. Like we're gonna be in a barn garage. Yeah, I like, may not digging post through on social media ever, but this time I will. <laughs> yeah i i anxiously anticipate this post girl <laughs> so get ready whenever i see my parents again which is a long time sometimes oh but. we stay ready <laughs> but they're probably ready for you to come visit um, them but still. anyway come on. for sure what i'm saying is i own the dvd of this so i watched it numerous times so i don't even 
even if it's my favorite movie because I hate Sarah Michelle Gellar, but um stopping a bit i really <laughs> enjoyed the love story between um um ryan's character and reese's character character they are two completely different people from different worlds reese's character is kind of being forced into the scene so she's really like trying to get her footing dealing with these like over the top high society new york children really they're just like reckless kids but um, you learn so much watching that movie. You know, there is even a touch of interracial relationships with Sean Patrick Thomas and um, Selma Blair's characters. That was very cool to see. And it was 99 when this movie came out. So the music and soundtrack was wow. everything. Well, I was going to say, isn't your th- your like life theme song is in that soundtrack? That is my life theme song, Bittersweet Symphony by The Verve. It's tattooed on my left forearm. It's a bittersweet symphony, this life. Super serious. Yeah. That's a great song. Fave. It's actually um the it's actually stolen from like a Rolling Stones song. Uh-huh. The the like so but I know my music bands. history. Did that I'll give you also that. come out in the nineties that song? I don't remember. I feel like it was early two thousands. I don't know. Wait, the movie came out in ninety nine. The movie though. came in out in ninety nine. Yeah, so it came out. Yeah, so yeah. it was nineties. Yes. But yeah, that's a great movie also. It's like definitely like interesting subject matter but i mean it's like really awesome Mm -hmm. it was mostly interesting because it was not my world at all as well the ending (laughs) though was like with her like snorting the coke and then her find they finding like them all finding it out i love that scene because it's like they're just like dragging her and i love it well it was always a competition (laughs) with her and sebastian spoiler alert stony god damn oh (laughs) just ruin cruel intentions for everybody Oh, um, never mind that. None of that happened. I yeah. was just kidding. That was like a, that was from the movie Frozen. I'm like really holding back because I want to spill. <laughs> oh my God. There was a lot of snow in that movie. <laughs> Do you want to build a snowman? There's lots of white powdery things in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I won't spill too much because um, like I said, I want to do another episode with Ebeth where we really dive into the details, but it's just an iconic film for me. Easy, hands down. No competition. Hell yeah. How about you, Seth? Um, so I think my next movie I would love to talk about is like basically the heterosexual version of Call Me By Your Name. Um, God damn it. So it's <laughs> The Fault in Our Stars. Oh, you <laughs> I've know. I've never seen that. I never watched that because it looks real sad. It's, I like literally Kim Kardashian ugly cry every time I watch that movie. See, I like, can't do that. Fail. I can't do it. <laughs> it's so good though. Like, and also it's set in Indiana as well. So that's mm-hmm. kind of cool. The author's from Indiana. Yeah. yeah something green mike green john green <laughs> tom green i don't know tom green that's sorry <laughs> sorry girl um we love you but yeah no he has lots of good movies because i like paper towns also oh yeah paper towns and is good that's a good one and i think they're making one for the another one of his books called turtles all the way down i think is what it's called i haven't read that i one heard yet. that that they were doing another one on that one I tried to start reading it, but it was like really weird. <laughs> so what pulled you towards that movie? I have such a hard time with like sad films. I can watch them, but I just get all in my feelings and it's just a hard time. So I tend to avoid yeah. them. <laughs> well, I like it because it's, I mean, there it's just different ways of reacting to the same, like similar situations. So like you have like one, 
of the, you know, the girl who's, I mean, I guess not really afraid of her cancer, but she, she doesn't like, she doesn't want to let it like stop her. And then there's like her love interest. It's like the more extreme version that is just like, doesn't even acknowledge his cancer really like Mm -hmm. until, I mean, you don't, it's not really in the forefront of the story till the very end. And then um, there's the friend who, you know, has, you know, eventually loses his sight and stuff like that. And so it's just interesting to see the different reactions to the same situation. I like how they all support each other, though, through the, you know, whole process. Mm -hmm. And I think it's cool that, you know, it's like a love story, of course. So I love, I like that aspect of it. I love a love story. Me too. And they go to Amsterdam. So that's kind of cool so it's like a little bit of that foreign aspect to it which is also kind of interesting just like beautiful beautiful towns in Mm -hmm. the netherlands um yeah so like when you said that 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 was your favorite movie like before you said the title what popped in my head and so i'm gonna give it an honorable mention is perks of being a wallflower yeah because Yes. All three of us like have I had a connection movie. with that movie because we all watched. I think for the first time together. Uh-huh. Yeah, we did. And I, if I remember right, like we watched it like three or four times after that. Like we watched oh, it numerous yeah. times. I don't listen to many CDs yeah. in my car because it's 2018. Everybody's plugged in with their USB or whatever. But you know, that's one of the CDs I will pop into my car is that soundtrack. The soundtrack makes everything in that movie. It's gold. And it's just basically like, it's that young love. And like, I think as gay people, we can relate to it because it's, the main character feels kind of like weird and out of place. And yeah, like it's as a giving gay person like, growing up, you feel weird and out of place. Right. So it's like, Oh, I feel so much with that character. Like I yeah. love that movie so much. It's just giving you all of the awkward tea, all of the real tea, all of the love story tea, all of the, Oh my gosh, we're about to go to college tea. Oh, does he like me tea? All of it. Yeah. Ooh. Oh yeah. I mean, there's the line, like, I love this line from the movie where they're, where they're all at, at, up in a party scene towards the end of the movie. And um, I forget what the main character's name is, but they tell him, like, oh, welcome to the island of misfit toys. Oh, I yeah. love that line. Oh, my God. I love that line so much. And Ezra Miller is, like, totally bae. Like, He's so and I've been like obsessed with he was like my obsession before call me by your name probably true and I can vouch for that when I think of that movie I think of what's her name um, from the Harry Potter movies Emma Watson Emma Watson I think of her in the back of that pickup truck going through the tunnel and they're playing David Bowie David Bowie and it was like the most like hipster ass like misfit moment of all mm-hmm. time because it's just like I feel like I want to be like in this life right now when she's yeah. doing that. <laughs> I love that scene. Well, yeah, it's definitely like relatable as like LGBT queer community because I mean even like as she's like just sort of like letting herself be free. I mean the the lyrics that they're playing is like I could be queen, I could be king. So it's just like really like a you know topical conversation about gender roles and yeah. like it, that's prevalent through the movie too oh because yeah. Rocky her Horror character, Picture Emma Roberts character I guess is more of the aggressor in in the relationship that they have. And mm-hmm. it's like honestly it's one of those rare moments in a movie where the song makes the movie better and the movie makes the song better. Yeah. 
like both of those things that are happening are making each other better to make it this great ass moment. Because now you'll forever associate the two with each other. Yeah. So it's like, I knew that song before, but like with the movie, it's almost like now I associate that song with the movie and they Mm -hmm. both together are just like fucking amazing. Like seriously, that makes a great movie moment for sure. Mm -hmm. I think did it win like uh, any awards? Like I feel like it should have won something. I don't know. I don't know either, but I also really love, um, you know, the storyline of Ezra Miller with the football player and their like secret love story. Yes. My gosh. I won't go into detail because people I went to high school with listened to this, but I'll just say I can relate. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) You heard it here first, folks. Send us an email. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll expose her in private. Yes. (laughs) Expose her, her, mom. Oh, man. Um, Do you guys want to do like a quick fire round? Do you have an or just maybe an honorable mention, Jamal? Yeah, that's that's perfect for this because... um, Total honorable mention movie called Trick starring Tori Spelling as the best fag hag. Um, It came out in 99 as well, but it's just kind of like a story based in New York City. There's a young gay musician who's trying to come up in the scene. A total artist lives in a studio apartment, shares it uh, with a straight douchey roommate. But he meets this go-go dancer who's just like the boy of his dreams. And they just spend the whole movie trying to be alone together. And the whole thing just kind of ends in a sweet kiss and a phone call. And it's just, oh, I just melt. I remember watching this as a closeted queen around the same time I discovered Cruel Intentions. And I was just thinking, God, he's hot. And maybe I'll have that someday. (laughs) So, So this wasn't the football player? This was not the football player. He's somewhere still up there. Getting all of your closeted uh, crushes confused. (laughs) I know. I had a few. A handful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I I would also love to throw in an honorable mention. Um, So my honorable mention is almost famous oh hell yes yeah that's one of my like go-to movies of all time i've watched it so many times such a great film yeah it's like all the music i love like simon garfunkel and um elton john Mm -hmm. and just like cool like rock and roll lifestyle movie and ah god i could go on because like music's like such a big part of my life. Uh-huh. So there's like the great part at the end where, um, you know, this young reporter is asking, finally getting the interview he's been trying to land. And he asks this rock star, he goes, you know, start with uh, telling me what you love about music. And his response is, well, to begin with everything. <laughs> so I always related to that because, music's just like everything to me so that just like speaks to me Mm -hmm. yeah that was an epic moment for me as well that's a great honorable mention i love that movie oh yeah absolutely um i feel like we 
need to do maybe another one of these in the future because there's like so many more movies I would love to talk about. I think we might do a scary movie version in October. Yes, we're going to get spooky as the leaves change. I love scary movies. That's probably my favorite genre. So I have more to like speak about. For sure. And that nun trailer has been scaring the shit out of me. I don't know if I can watch that one, y'all. I haven't seen the trailer yet, oh, but I need to, I need to look to, that up. Yeah, we might you have need to, to do a nun review for that one. Oh, I'm terrified. Oh like, my I'm God. actually terrified. The nun was so scary. I'm terrified to In see Conjuring this movie. Too. Yeah, I'm terrified that they gave this bitch her own film. I don't know if I can do it. I, I, <laughs> I think the nun is scarier than Annabelle. She is. Uh, for sure. <laughs> Didn't you see The Keepers? <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. <gasps> I'm nervous. I'm sweating already. I'm getting hot, y'all. Anyways, we got a couple heavy news story uh, discussions for you guys. So let's get into it. Hey, girl. Thanks for coming. All right. So I know um, we have a couple of these like hard hitting stories, but I know there's like a just something Jamal wanted to touch on before we got into that. Oh, so shout out to Lady Gaga's Edie Sliman bag. It's a Celine, the first Celine bag debuted. Uh, it's just so fierce. If you go to Lady Gaga's Instagram, she's just giving you a full moment. She stepped out in Paris, France and went to the Louvre. And she just looked like the Barbie doll I never had. And I really just want the bag. <laughs> yeah. I, she gave us a full look. A full look. I've never been like more confused in my life based off the <laughs> statement you just said. He's like, what words are you talking like, about? I really don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> He's like, do you get those at Forever 21 or? Oh, hell no. I don't even want, I get sick thinking about the price of that bag alone. Does that so. come from like Burlington Coat Factory? Oh, hell no. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, no. There's light. I can hear the lightning coming to strike you down. I'm going to just step over here. Yeah. Beyonce herself is coming to punch you in the face. <laughs> that is where they filmed Ape Shit. Are you kidding me? Burlington Coat Factory? No, the Louvre. Oh. <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. All right. Oh God. We're about oh to God. get into a Like, fight. I don't remember that good of art being at Burlington <laughs> before. <laughs> this is why we can't. Oh, God. We can spot this a knockoff. Nice okay. <laughs> oh, Lord. Anyways, so that was a fun conversation until Stoney <laughs> ruined it. Anyways. I live. Uh, love you, Gaga. So, yes, Gaga. <laughs> So I know also Stoney has a more serious story to get into. So tell us what you got, girl. Yeah. So this is like a heck of a transition. Um, (laughs) So the story of the week that I thought that was really interesting, like this is a very like serious conversation, but Idris Elba. Idris. Idris Elba. Oh, gosh. Idris Elba. I got you, queen. (laughs) Made some comments about Hollywood and just that Hollywood should not have some Hollywood should not have um, any pressure to, to cast gay actors or actresses in gay movies. And the reason that he says they shouldn't feel that pressure is because of him getting possibly casted on the bond movies because the writer of James Bond, the creator of James Bond wrote that person as a white person 
Um, so his argument is that it should be open to interpretation, right? So like as a black person, he can play as James Bond because it's an interpretation of the original creation. Whereas, you know, a straight person can play it as a gay person because it's open for interpretation. Just like reading this article, it was just kind of like I wanted to open this discussion to kind of talk about that. Like, because I know we talked about like Call Me By Your Name or other queer films where it's like, okay, can a straight person play as a queer person? So I guess, do you guys agree with what he is saying about the Bond movies and comparing it to like a gay person? Like it should be open, like any person can play gay or straight or whatever. I personally think anybody can play anything they want, but you have to respect the history of the art you know, James Bond and any LGBT film included, you can put your spin on it as long as you are honoring it in a way that is going to satisfy you as well. People can gay straight people can play gay people. The um, one of the main characters in trick actually is a straight male and he's dancing around in a G string in a New York eighties club. So, you know, it can be done, but it gets a little touchy with race, I think, because, you know, being gay, that's a cultural experience as well. And I think that's why I get stuck on respecting the experience and the history, because a black person can play James Bond, but it's there's regardless of what kind of black person you are, it's going to look different from the Craig dude or Pierce Brosnan or, oh, my gosh, I'm forgetting him. Who's the first one? Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Thank you. It's going to be different from that automatically. It For me, it's kind of like, you know, Black Panther was such a huge hit because, you know, there was the black spin on this giant franchise, like the Marvel franchise. There's nothing that has been done like that. But anybody could have played the Black Panther, but it's not going to be the same. You know, the Black Panther is an African-American character. You don't know what kind of African-American he is or how he grew up or his experience. It could have been done many different ways. But I think as long as you kind of approach it with that respect and awareness, the final product will be fine. Yeah. And and for me, like, I'm not the biggest Bond fan, so I'm not, like, you know, privy to, like, every single storyline, every single whatever. But to me, when I think of James Bond, I think of, like, a classy, distinguished, mm-hmm. older man who you know has his is always one step ahead of the game and is just like you know always like ready to outsmart basically Mm -hmm. so i don't think that james bond is has to be specific to one race of person because i could totally see idris elba as um james bond oh yeah because i i mean he's a very well-spoken very like put together classy distinguished gentleman himself right. so to me he embodies all of the personality of bond and it's things like that too like um it's like i know like when people say things it's their intention but when you talk about like african american people or black people you know that's one thing i've always um run into it's like oh you speak so well it's like yeah i do so we know all these things about idris alba but you know for me personally it'd be like it'd be cool to see a black guy doing those things because I kind of classify myself as a bougie black. Like I'm not the most ratchet. The N words not in my um, vocabulary. I get the whole, 
you know, we're reclaiming the word movement. That's just never been who I was. I was always the kind of preppy, nerdy kind of black guy. And now here I am, an older black gay male who enjoys cigars, loves bourbon, and also a very good stout in the winter. So (laughs) everybody has their spin on it. Yes, we can be very GQ, but it's just going to be portraying that experience, right? And it would be exciting because it's something different. How many white bonds have we have? Like, I, I get where he's coming from, but he needs to be careful with the blanket statements. Well, yeah. And oh, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying that I think sometimes too, it comes down to like the writing of the show, right? Like, so the thing is like, if you think about the bond movie specifically, there's been different writing and writing styles when it comes to the bond movies, like all of them have been different in tone. So to me, it's kind of comes down to, okay, what are the writers writing? Like if you decide you wanted like um, Idris Elba on as a bond character, maybe the writing would be slightly different, but it, it comes down to, okay, that's a different interpretation mm-hmm. and writing of the bond series. Mm-hmm. So it would just be another era in the bond series. But like, so I guess what I'm saying is that, okay, what kind of character are you looking for in your show? So like, Maybe if you are looking for, you know, in a gay movie or a gay show, like we're looking for somebody that has acted straight or like pretended to be super straight acting. Maybe you get that straight actor and then like form them like struggling with that gay part of their identity. So maybe it's more straight focused. So, I mean, to me, it comes down to there's a lot of different styles. There's styles for sure. And it's like cast the people that you're writing like what is your writing based on and then cast the people that actually fit those roles and see that's where it all begins it is the writers it's the artist's job to make sure they've done their homework ryan murphy is a perfect example anybody can do this and be successful ryan murphy has pose he brought in people that were part of the community who were there who could give him a real take on what was happening. You know, we can't just, I'm going to write the story and then we're just going to put this guy in here because he looks different. The execution needs to be there. You can place whoever you want anywhere, but everybody needs to make sure that final product is going to read correctly. Here's an example just that I thought of, but like say you're casting a gay movie and it's with a very femme acting gay person you're not going to cast Vin Diesel for that role, right? Vin Diesel can't pull. Why not? <laughs> I mean, you won't unless <laughs> Vin the has done his homework and he's giving you what yeah, they're looking you're for. Not gonna get, you're not going to cast that person because they can't do that. So cast people. But if it feels authentic, why not? Right, because why can't a muscular even, fit queen right. be Okay, Think if of Derek J, Real Housewives of Atlanta. What I'm saying, though, is that Vin Diesel can't pull that off. He can't pull so off. What you're this. saying is Vin Diesel's a bad actor. <laughs> no, what he's what he's saying is Vin bad Diesel. Bad acting at that. <laughs> Vin Diesel's not the stereotypical femme queen, and that's what we struggle with as an artistic community. We have our vision of what the femme is, and, who the jock is, who I, the bear is. But I get what you're saying, though. It shouldn't be down. It should be who can perform that part the best, right? Regardless so, of how they look. But I think if part of performing especially if you're doing a movie is your performance can only do so much you also have to give that look too so i feel like you have to give that 
look that they're looking for. Right, but you can be a rhino femme like Derek J walking out here in heels. I don't think that boulder needs to be walking around in heels. And that's another thing. But that's his interpretation. Yeah, that's the thing too. It's like who determines what the look should be. Right, because there's not just one. I'm just saying that like that's what... There's like so many layers of this that it can get like out of control real fast. Yeah. Right. And and just another layer that I would love to add is I was actually listening to Whimsically Volatile, the Katya and Craig podcast. Mm-hmm. And this, I think it was the most recent one or one of the last few. They had a director on, a gay director, Justin Kelly, who directed the King Cobra movie. Oh. He, they had like sort of like a little, they, they touched on the subject briefly because, you know, that's the length that Katya gives you. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so, so what he was saying though is they were talking about, oh, well, do you get any shit for casting straight characters? Because at the time, um, you know, it was like, I guess it was controversial casting James Franco as a gay character. So what he said was actually is that he is, they cast, you have to cast the kind of what you guys were saying, the best person that can perform that role. Right. Like if you put a gay person and a straight person next to each other, are they going to perform equally? Like just because this is a gay person that maybe he's not going to portray the character as well, mm-hmm. not because he's gay, but just because of his acting skills or whatnot. He said, and he brought up another good impo- point is that by putting James Franco in your movie, your movie will get made. So that's another aspect you have to think about too, is you can't always cast in lesser known or unknown gay person in the character and expect your movie a to be made b to be seen by a lot of people so yeah. that's another aspect of it too you know just unfortunately is the business that's true. Aspect yeah. it of is the movie. it is but then the public decides you know at least james franco is somebody who's going to do his homework and make sure he commits to his craft not everyone gets that and then the people who invest in these movies you know they're feeling that ouch because they didn't do as well as they anticipated because they didn't do their homework. I mean, and that's the thing. Like if you think about somebody that if I am a storyteller, like I want to give my, get my story out to the public. You kind of have to think about that. Like what's going to get my story published or out there so that people can read it or see it. And if that means casting James Franco or whoever Dave Franco, like, okay, I'm going to do that because I need that to get out there. Yeah. And, you know, for I know movies like Call Me By Your Name and Love, Simon, both that conversation got brought up a lot. And I mean, I think that I mean, at this point, I have a really hard time imagining anyone else in Call Me By Your Name besides Timothy Chalamet and Army Hammer. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's just those they just like to me at this point embody those characters. And I to me, I don't. I don't I mean I'm not saying like a gay person could have done a better job or would have done a worse job or whatever but to me they were just the right choices for those characters because they did such a good job right like whereas in um in a moment in the reads one of our uh, queer movie reviews they did actually cast gay characters but that is more of an indie film Mm -hmm. um I mean I guess call me by your name was indie too but it was an indie film and they did make the conscious decision to cast you know, queer actors mm-hmm. and they also did a great job. Right. So, you know, it's just all about getting the right person for the role. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there are queer movies with queer actors. We talked about a moment in the reads. We have an episode about it. So it's far back in the list. So go check that out if that's interesting. And, and I am still keeping an eye out by the way for a moment in the reads and, 
um, my big gay Italian wedding to when when it's like somewhere that you guys can like either pay to watch it or rent it. I am keeping an eye out, so don't think we just posted these like movies that you can't watch. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's like so there are different queer movies that do cast queer characters there are queer movies that cast straight characters playing mm-hmm. queer so i think that it you know it shows a lot of respect because these straight characters i mean in call me by your name they're not shy there's lots of kissing right. touching, nudity you know i remember so having a conversation with um you know one of my old straight roommates and he was an acting major and i asked him i was like would you play a gay character if you had a chance to really like act your ass off and perform and potentially be nominated for an oscar And, you know, at the time he was not open to that idea. I think that might have changed over time. But it's like you're saying, Seth, anybody can perform these roles. It's who fits. It's like in conversations we've had before, of course, you know, when I'm hiring people or if I'm wanting to work with somebody on a project, I'm like, oh, you're gay or oh, you're black. I kind of want to give you a chance because, you know, you're like you're me, you're in my community. But at the end of the day, I need my final product to be what I need it to be. So I'm going to go with the best person who could do that. Definitely. Did you want to speak more about that, Stoney? Or should we switch gears? Yeah, I was just saying, I think like this issue, the Idris Elba thing, like it's, this is, isn't, is not an easy answer. Like, I think there's just a lot of, there's a lot of things you have to consider and a lot of different variables, right? There's the money aspect, there's what fits the best role aspect, cultural like aspects, cultural aspects. There's like racism, mm-hmm. there's homophobic things in there too. So it's all these issues coming together. So it's not an easy answer, but I thought, but Hey, we're coming off of the black Panther being one of the most successful movies of all time with a majority black cast. Right. So I think, I mean, hello, like clearly there is an audience for movies with black leads in them. Well, and that's the thing, like, you know, at the end of the day, America is going to go where the money goes, right? Like it's capitalism, like people are going to like wherever the most money can be made, that's where things are going to go. So, you know, companies are going to realize, you know, diversity in movies is what people want and that's what's going to happen. So, you know... I guess we hopefully, you know, things will progress and we'll continue to have movies like Black Panther and other um, movies that, you know, celebrate diversity. So, yeah, we definitely will. It just takes that chance to be given. And then the people with the money see what's happening. So there will be plenty more. (laughs) I see. I mean, and I see like the tide seems to be turning, you know, with Call Me By Your Name, with with, uh, the Black Panther. So maybe we'll get more movies like this. I would love, 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 love. I need more like not cheesy gay movies that they have on Netflix. (laughs) So, and y'all know what I'm talking about. So, um, But anyway, so to move on, um, so to my story that I want to talk to, which is another heavy hitter, different conversation, is there's a story about, there's another YouTube story because I love YouTube, but so there's a um, person on YouTube called Elijah Daniel, and Elijah Daniel is kind of like problematic, I guess, maybe you could say. He's gay and he is is a rapper, Mm. and I guess... If you want to call, I get he's a rapper. Okay, let's not belittle people. So <laughs> he has he has his like you know as like part of his posse is this guy named Doctor Woke who is his boyfriend, and 
So I thought I think that's just cool, just in general. But he's like well known for like uh, making the gay Bible. Um, so that was one thing that he did, <laughs> and he's just sort of like pokes, you know, kind of like challenges people and not necessarily like a PC way, but a way that really makes you think about the topic. So he recently challenged another YouTuber, David Dobrik, um, because he said that he, you know, everyone has problematic tweets, even like who another popular YouTuber, David Dobrik. So then he like pointed out other, you know, tweets where David Dobrik was using the N word, but instead of G's, he used Q's, which I don't know if that makes it any better. <laughs> But like I don't know, Goodness so gracious. I don't. Yeah, yeah. so he did sense. that, and then I don't know. So there was that, and there, there was like another thing where another tweet where he called someone a fag or something like that. So basically, Mm-mm. his the whole point wasn't necessarily to drag David Dobrik. It was to show that we all have had problematic tweets, and we've all you know mo- sometimes mostly it's out of like shock value, like you know sort of thing. And like I know that I said stuff like that and i'm kind of like not pc all the time so and and it doesn't mean that i'm you know racist or homophobic or whatever and it's maybe not the best way to approach conversations either so i like totally accept responsibility for that as well but um it all comes back to it yeah intention people intention yeah here's what i would say to that i'm sorry were you done or like do you well yeah, so basically the whole point of Elijah Daniels' video was that there people have said problematic things in the past, but that doesn't mean that they can't grow and learn from them and change and evolve. Okay, and here's, like, I've ne- I don't even know who these people are, but here's how my take would be on it, is that I agree that, like, you know, maybe when you're younger you might say things that you regret and you don't really agree with anymore, right, or whatever, but I would say that, I don't know, if you come out and say that later in life, that, okay, I regret all this stuff and I shouldn't have said it or whatever, that's fine. But if you just think like you can leave these prom- problematic tweets out there and without saying anything, then that's a problem. And I mean, it's the internet. It's not going to die. Just like own up to it. And people accept... I mean, people kind of pick and choose who they're going to forgive, whatever. That's just us being humans. But, you know, show us that you've grown. You know, that's what I'm looking for. If you are a famous white queen and you dropped the N-word a few years back, I'm going to be looking at how you are now as a person. Yes, you're going to get the side eye. But (laughs) I'm going to be looking at (laughs) what have we learned from this? How have we learned anything? And are you still canceled? Right. And that's the thing, too, is um, so I was you know, listening to Philip DeFranco, another, he's a news uh, show on, on YouTube. Um, so he was kind of saying, he says, I fully admits, I have had said, you know, I've said and tweeted problematic things in the past, but I leave them up because I want you to see that people can change. Mm-hmm. So you can see those problematic tweets in the past and things that he regrets saying, mm-hmm. but then you can also see him now as a changed, like evolved person. So, to kind of lead this into another thing that that has had me thinking i tweeted about it um you know a few days ago but so now louis ck has been back in the news because he's now doing his redemption tour aziz ansari is doing his comedy um redemption tour oh yeah so what's interesting to me is people like this they're being reported on as like oh well they've been out of the public eye for a year or two years now 
you know, how how long do people have to be out of the public eye before, you know, they can, you know, are they going to be punished forever? Are they canceled? Or can you redeem yourself? Yeah, and it's hard to call. I mean, it sucks for them, but they just kind of have to prove it. I mean, I think, it, yeah, it comes down to are it's they willing action. to admit to their mistakes, mm-hmm. right? Like, people will see them. I mean, there's going to be people probably would that would go out to see them regardless. But, like, if they want to get back that majority audience, like, they need to come out and say, like, oh, I'm against this or whatever. I mean, I'm not going to, like, sit there and, like, keep like stabbing someone like if they've you know if they've come out and said like what i did was wrong this wasn't right like i'm going to commit to this you know to help women or whatever then okay i'm going to like i'll be back on board but like you need to like show that you actually have like a fucking conscious and not and it needs be- to be continual doesn't need to be one weekend spent at the women's shelter because miss me with right. that all of us volunteer what else are you doing are have you stopped treating women like this behind closed doors none of us can tell but don't talk to us about it on your tour either and the thing is with louis ck apparently he was telling rape jokes at his comedy set see, see. which i think is so completely inappropriate yeah. so i think i don't I think Louis C.K. should be canceled. I know Aziz Ansari, I don't believe that he is making jokes about um, his rape, you know, women, you know, bat, doing bad things against women. So on the contrary, you have Aziz Ansari, which so mm-hmm. far is proving himself to have learned his lesson. Louis C.K. needs to go well, away. I mean, so I don't... Also- <laughs> yeah, and I don't know, like, I haven't really read anything about it, but if he was truly telling rape jokes after like he had like all of this shit go on if you don't have enough fucking sense to be right. like i maybe shouldn't tell a rape joke after all this shit went down mm-hmm. then girl you just need to go by like and that's, that's just dumb and that's what i'm looking at have you really <laughs> grown as a human or do you just want to take my money and pretend like you learned something because you're packaging right, it yeah. up in a pretty little joke because i don't want to hear yeah, it yeah if you're telling rape jokes after you just got found out that you did all this bullshit girl you just need to go like you're just an idiot bye get out Mm. of our lives we don't need you and listeners you know you can pick and choose who you cancel who you not cancel but you know that's something to be mindful of you know there are so many people under fire for you know you put them under fire as fans and listeners or viewers whatever and then you know there's somebody else who's you know more problematic but oh that's your fave so they get a pass you need to challenge yourself to think past that if they're truly your fave, ask yourself why and reconcile with, you know, why you truly do continue to support their art and, you know, why don't others get a pass? And you can like who you want to like, but, you know, when you get on online and start writing all these think pieces, you need to keep that in mind for everyone. Right. And another thing that sort of like spun off this for me is I know a conversation that I've had with Jamal and Stoney before is about a favorite band that I had, Power Bottom, who were accused of sexual misconduct as well. And they were canceled so quickly. Like there were these reports coming out and then all of a sudden they were just their label dropped them. Their music was erased, blah, 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 blah. And so to me, it's like, so why can fucking people like Louis C.K. come back and be greeted but but Power Bottom, this band that I really like, they had a good message and maybe they, I don't know what, I really don't know what was going on in their private time. Maybe they needed to have more separation from their fans. But at the same time, 
you know, they did seem genuinely apologetic and they were like a great, they did, you know, they spoke out a lot about being queer and the queer experience and, you know, trying to be a voice for queer people. So I don't know what happened in this story, but I don't think that we gave people a chance to say what happened you know people they tried to give their side of the story and their reasoning but people just couldn't accept it it was just too and soon so they were canceled. it was just too soon because um you know of course it's a business decision you know people are going to get dropped from labels lose their partnerships lose their sponsorships but um you know it's in the action how bad do they want it do they want to come back you know, give it some time to die down and then maybe, you know, speak up about what happened and share your point of view. But when it's all hot like that, oh, you don't have a chance because societal society. Yeah. And like, right. Like you have to think too. like, I don't know, say like 10% of Lucy K's fans stuck with him versus 10% of power bottoms fans stuck with them. Okay. Their fan base is much smaller. Lucy K's, 10% 10% might be like, you know, 5,000 fans. A lot of people. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's something to keep in mind too. Right. And honestly, I would, I know it could be a controversial podcast, but I would absolutely love to have the, the people from Power Bottom, you know, they would be really interesting to speak to about the experience. What, have they learned anything since being canceled? I guess you could say, mm-hmm what have they made any changes in their private life where are they now like i I think it would just be really interesting to hear their side of the story no bullshit pr uh statements or whatever you know just like a real interview i think that would be really interesting and hopefully listeners would give them a chance so i don't know if i would call it a challenge but like we would love to have you know live and been on the show to have a conversation to maybe give them i mean we have a small listenership ourselves but you know like i would love to have them on the show just to give them a platform to to have a fair conversation not just to be canceled where right but i mean looking at the whole picture you know they they need to come correct don't be giving us no fluff yeah give us the real tea because i will sense it exactly yeah don't don't tell us some like pr story we want to hear and have an actual conversation we want to see if you've actually learned from your mistakes Mm -hmm. and if you come correctly so i think that would be interesting i don't anticipate it to happen ever but it'd be really (laughs) interesting that would be an interesting podcast for us you'll never know so anyways this is gonna be a long one so why don't we move on to trade 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 it's kind of weird you know to transition into trade after we've been talking about like me- the me too movement and like people you know their misconduct and that sort of thing <laughs> mm-hmm. but hey let's let's just talk <laughs> about hot men so it's our show and who knows maybe there will be rotating segments in yeah. the future so um let's see maybe we'll start with jamal this week who who's your trade of this week <gasps> So this week, it's so fun because my trade is none other than the husband of 20 plus years of love and sex relationship podcaster and columnist based in Seattle, Dan Savage, Ooh. Terry Miller. Hey girl. Yes. Tell it hey, Terry girl. Yeah. Yes. So he's just like a very handsome older gentleman who basically lives in no clothes on his Instagram 
jealous. But um, it just looks like really fun because, you know, they're open with like their relationship. And of course, um, we all know that Dan and Terry are monogamish, which means they may or may not share a boyfriend on the side or have regular guest stars. That's their business. But I really enjoy looking at um, his Instagram. He's just like in really great shape. I hope I look this good when I'm like entering my 50s. Their dogs are cute. Uh, just their family's cute. And he's just fun to look at. I mean, come hey, on. girl. <laughs> what about you, Stoney? So mine, I try to pronounce this correctly. Um, his name is Ben Rafali or Rafali. He is from Tel Aviv, Israel. Hey girl. Yeah, I don't know that we pronunciation. We have like one or two listeners from there. Yeah, and he is a hairstylist and makeup artist. And he is just a very gorgeous looking man. Oh, he is. That is in very good shape. And yeah, he looks real good, y'all. He's from Israel. Look at those boobs. And I want to live there with him. <laughs> I'm going to follow him. <laughs> Wait, Wait, Jamal, okay. you gotta be, are you to be, be worried? He's ready to run to Israel. Uh, Jamal. <laughs> As long uh, as I can get like an apartment in Seattle and I can hang out, don't feel um, bad. Split my s- time with Seth yeah, and Terry. And, don't feel bad and, when you see Dan. the credit card statement. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! So Tel Aviv, I'm your Tel Aviv. Uh, so yeah, that's all. <laughs> Anyone for you this week, Seth? So I I said in the last podcast that um you know my last trade was this cutie named troy so i said oh i'm not gonna say whose boyfriend is because originally was following him and i since then i've been just like really admiring his instagram like it's been hard Uh to get him out of my mind and his name is xander hodgson and he's mm. this cutie, like muscular guy. He has like this dirty blonde, like swoopy long hair. And Xander, yeah, he's oh, he's so cute. So he, hey Xander, <laughs> he, I don't know what country he's from because he does have an accent of sorts. But um, but it's cute and it's sort of you know the play on it, like being a muscular queen, but also he is like a little bit has a fit more of a feminine voice and a very soft demeanor. Okay. So I think Uh that's also appealing because I find myself typically attracted to more androgynous people. So Mm -hmm. I, uh, so I've been following Xander this whole time and then found Troy through him. So this week it's only fair to balance my time (laughs) between boyfriends. (laughs) I think that is fair. Um, Yeah, with that being said, I know we've mentioned we listened to Dan Savage's podcast for like 10 years. I've probably been following Terry for at least five years. Oh, wow. Yeah, Yeah, we should like we should collaborate with Dan Savage. So, I mean, I live in Seattle. He lives in Seattle. We have so much in common. I'm gay. He's gay, you know. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) That's pretty. Yeah, that would be epic. He follows me on Twitter. Oh, yeah. You should send him a DM. Tell him he has an open invite to our show anytime. I'm jealous. I will. Messages. Oh, gosh. I tweet him. Hey, girl. Well, is there anything else we want to mention before we wrap this up, girl? Remember, friends, talk to your friends. Share the show, rate and review. If you don't feel like typing, you know, just click that five star button. It helps people find us and um, helps 
connect the community. So keep interacting that way. We love it. There's some fun stuff coming yeah. per usual. We do have a podcast rule that if a review is re- is left that we will read it and praise you. So <laughs> so if yes. you've already rated and reviewed us, tell your friend to do the same thing. Please. And a little birdie tells me that next week is episode 50 and we're going to need your feedback. So be looking at your Facebook, you know, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We need your participation, especially before next week. We have a really cool idea, you know, to celebrate our 50th podcast. And we want to include all of our most loyal listeners and new listeners also. Yes. Welcome. Welcome one and all. Thanks for coming. (laughs) (laughs) all right you guys well it's been a fun deep and uh nice light humorous podcast this week so we gave you a little bit of fun and a little bit of seriousness so yeah we hope you guys like this and until next week bye bye bye